not a love thing, it's a real thing. Welcome to State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Our guest today is hip-hop artist Bilal Spiller, who records under the name Dub Z. Listen as we discuss his musical influences, the music in his life growing up, and how as an artist and a human, his outlook has continually changed. Yeah, I love you. Say, I love you. Yeah, I love you. Dub Z from a small town known as a dude. Screaming to the whole world. Yeah, I love you. Bilal, thank you for joining us today. No problem, Josh. No. So, I'm in, I'm really excited to talk to you um, as we get into it about something that I have absolutely no concept of the reality of in Southern Illinois, which is the overall hip hop scene. Right. Um, but let's start with. I mean, you are a rap and hip hop artist yourself. You are yes. Dub Z. Yes. Um, and your music can be found. Um, your Bandcamp site has all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got a ton of music on Spotify. Yeah. And all the other platforms that people can listen on. Yes. And they can find you on those as Dub Z. Right. Um, but you grew up here in Southern Illinois. Let's talk about that to start with. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Ducoin, uh, Illinois. I was actually born in St. Louis. I, I came to Ducoin, I think my mom told me, whenever I was like two months. And so, yeah, since I've been two months old, I've lived in Ducoin, Illinois. Went to kindergarten uh, out there in Cesar Blacktop. Uh, went to JB Ward High or Middle School, Ducoin High School. Basically, yeah, my whole life in Southern Illinois. Um, well, until I was eighteen, and then I started moving around. Uh, but yeah, like that's. I mean, I grew up here. I mean, true and tried Southern Illinois person. Seen almost everything that you could see in Southern Illinois that was big. New kids on the block at the fair, like all that, <laughs> all that old stuff. <laughs> Uh, wrestling, bush rack, bushwhackers, all that. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen all the the big, well, not the biggest moments, but the big things that happen in Southern Illinois in, in our age group. So yeah, I was. So you grew up in Duquesne, um, and you mentioned your mom. What mm-hmm. kind of what kind of music did your mom have in the household while you were growing up? Um, it's it's cliche, you know, to say, but every I. Every black person that I know listened to Soul Train on Saturdays. You know, my mom basically through the week, you know, she was a, a secretary at her school. And so she would um, she would work her day job and then go to school at night. So I would be basically home alone from nine or from school, going to school in the morning till 9 p.m. at night. And the only time we ever got to spend together really was on Saturday and Sundays, the weekends, you know what I mean? And summertime, I was never home because I was riding my bike. So basically, if we were at home together, I was cleaning the house, helping her clean, and we would, we'd we listen to Soul Train. And in those, our time, it was the mid-90s. So I would say around then, uh, well, early 90s too, um, the, the guys, the R&B groups, um, guy uh johnny gill like it was it wasn't really old 80s you know the 70s 80s kind of funk era but it wasn't boys to men and what we went into our teenage years going to it's kind of like that i don't i don't know what to describe it as but I just remember the group Guy was her favorite group. 
And I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yeah, like um I know who Johnny Gill is, but Yeah, well Johnny Gill I don't Aaron Hall was actually, I think, the lead singer for Guy. But I don't know. I couldn't even tell you their their biggest song now, like off the top of my head. But it was that mid nineties kind of like dance, like uh stretch suits, you know, the the men wearing the bikini underwear in Daytona Beach. Kind of the vibe. latter years of the soul movement. Yeah. 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 Basically going into the the R and B mode that took us into our freshman high school years basically yeah yeah so yeah that's basically what if we listen to music like my mom really, we wasn't really big on it but it was just when we cleaned like when we cleaned the house like that's what we listened to a soul train and that's pretty that's a pretty special memory that to have is yeah the music you shared while you were growing up with your mom yeah like i remember whenever we went to a family reunion in Indianapolis, and I want to say it was the 1990 or 91 family reunion, she had this blue Honda. And, like, again, like, Guy was her favorite group, and that's what she listened to the whole way there. And I was just like, you know, I liked it because I didn't know any other, any. I don't think I knew anything else except for, like, Will Smith at that time, maybe. Maybe. I don't even know if he's out yet, but... I just remember listening to Guy, and she just she loved it. It was the whole trip, the whole way there, the whole way back. So that's kind of, you know, what we listened to. But I listened to most of my music from just being out, you know, with my friends. Like yeah. that's where <laughs> that's where I and got it, most of my music. Is there from. a point that you remember like discovering? Hip-hop and rap music, specifically? Yes. I, I specifically remember. Um, I want to say it was maybe 19. It was whenever I was 12, so I was, it was 94. And my mom brought home Christian rap. like I mean, like a book bag. Like I, I guess she went to a flea market. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this in my life. Like She went to a flea market. I think in St. Louis or somewhere over there and brought back like a book bag of Christian rap because I was getting to the age, like I said, I'm, I'm going riding bikes with my friends every day. She don't know what's influencing me yet. And so I guess she might've heard me listening to something. And next thing I know, I'm just here listening to Christian rap. She's like, here, take these. Boom. And I was just like, I don't think this is the music that I want. <laughs> like, this isn't the, the rap I, I want to say what she heard me listening to was Luke, Uncle Luke, like, come on up and shake that, you know. That. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was like, no, like, this isn't going to happen. So she brought me Christian rap. And and you were like, no, this isn't going to happen. I was like, no, like, <laughs> I mean, I know that there's a guy named Tupac. He's out there somewhere. I just haven't heard it. I've just heard it from my friends, but I haven't, like, keyed in on it yet. And so, like, like I said, this is, like, 94 and like I remember those those bags of tapes like being in the back of my closet until we I actually moved out of my mom's house like <laughs> like I never threw them away for some reason but they were there and and I always looked at them and just think like this is the first time like I ever got introduced to music but the 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 very first time that I got introduced introduced to something that I loved was Tupac All Eyes on Me in 96. Like mm -hmm. That was whenever I was like, 
this is what not exactly what I wanted to do because I never thought that I could would be a rapper because I mean you know me like I'm a very shy introvert person yeah like well and the wild thing just hearing this wild thing to me is that back in right around that same time I had found NWA right <laughs> and I was you know straight lace white kid right 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 and, right. and my and in my headphones it was either Eddie Murphy Raw Right. And this is like 95, 96, or That's, NWA, or Warren, Warren G. Like, that was funny. my go-to back then, man. Yeah, that's and, funny. And and I was all about it. I yeah. loved that music. See, like, and the thing about it is, like, like I said, I didn't hear any of that music inside my household. But when you go to your friend's house, you know, like, you know, Harvey and... uh john lanham or i mean not even john but just being out and about in the neighborhood riding your bikes whatever you know what i mean like you hear this music but you don't have this music in your household so it's like the very first thing i had in my household don't get me wrong i was not playing nwa inside of my house that could, was not a reality. I couldn't even imagine it. Like, I couldn't. Because I've actually been to your house and, like, yeah. hung out with you. Like, yeah, when we were in, like, fourth grade. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's just funny because, I mean, you hear these things. And I have uncles. My uncles have friends. You know what I mean? But their 80s, you know, they were listening to, you know, NWA and all that stuff. But I'm eight, six, seven, yeah. eight. So I'm not even thinking about it, like, then. You know what I mean? Like. I'm just going around the parties trying to drink empty beers. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even worried about the music going on. I'm trying to be that kid, you know. But the first music that I actually had in the house was, I mean, I remember my mom first got her job at the aid office in Murfreesboro and remember calling her before she got off work and was like, Mom, you have to go get this album because I can't go get it myself. Like, (laughs) Like, I can't get it myself. It's called Tupac, All Eyes on Me. It's a double disc. Don't bring back the single disc. It's a double disc. Like, I, rem- I remember all of this. And she was just like, oh, you know, giving me the huff and puff. And she actually went and got it. And that was the first CD that I was like, I mean, literally head by the speaker, listening to every word that he was saying because it was Tupac. I mean, like, kids nowadays just don't get it. Like, I don't know how well, they... See, the, the funny part is, like, I've been, for me, I've been, all morning I've been in your music and listening to your music, mm. and in your earlier stuff, I don't hear Tupac's influence. Right. But in, in your, in the stuff from the last five, six years, I hear a lot of his influence. Right. Your, your lyrics and your writing mm. strongly resemble... The poetry that he had through his lyrics. Right. Well, that's a <clears throat> thanks. <laughs> I mean, just just in listening to the different to the different albums. Right. You know, it's um, and let's why don't we just jump kind of in and talk about your music? We can like. So that's when you discovered, right? Uh, rap and hip hop was late mid to late nineties. Yeah. At what point did you identify with it so strongly that you went, I have to do this? Um, you, you know, that's a, that's a funny question because, like I said, whenever, whenever I was listening to Tupac, like I never thought that I would be a rapper. 
And I remember specifically being at Will Dalby's house. Like, I mean, people aren't going to know who we're talking about, but we know yeah. who we're talking about. And Leslie Paps was there. And it was me, her, Will, I think I want to say Dylan Shook. And I remember, like, I would rap along to every song. And Leslie, one day, she just randomly said, she's like, you should just be a rapper one day. And this was whenever we were, like, 14. I haven't even thought of it. Like, I still remember that statement to this day. Because at the time, I was just like, it's easy to rap other people's songs. Like, <laughs> I have no idea, like, how I would write my own songs. Like, yeah. And but so, at the same time, you rapping other people's songs as you learning the flow and mm-hmm. learning the rhythms and, and, and learning that how, how they flow through yeah. ideas and feel um, and how that ties into the, to the beat and to the, to the track that they've created behind them and, and how it all works together. By right. by rapping, you know all of your favorite people's music. Right, that's what you automatically start ingraining within yourself. Right. and and I never even thought of that. Like maybe I was doing that subconsciously. You know what I mean? Like because I've never like even thought once in my whole entire life that I would be a rapper ever. But then the moment that I actually did was whenever I was, you know you go to you go to college and you experience everything like your first experience of of a lot of stuff. And so there's this guy that um, I think his name was Corey. He was um, practicing to, you know, how you practice to be in fraternities, you, black fraternity, <coughs> black fraternities, at least you carry a cane around. You have to do all the work. I don't know any yeah. of that. No. <laughs> well, well, there's this guy and he was always in our, um, our uh, college apartment and my, we played basketball or whatever. And so he's trying to be in a fraternity and he's, you know, while he's twirling this cane, he's he's freestyling, he's rapping, he's battling, and he's, you know, poking fun at us. And so it got to a point to where, you know, we would start rapping back, and we would start battling and freestyling, and it was just like, oh, like, like I can't even freestyle now. But, like, back then, like, that's how I started, was just rapping with this guy, just making jokes, talking crap, you know what I mean? And... So that's how it started. Like, I was just like, like, I'm kind of like, I can actually make words rhyme off the top of my head. Like, what would happen if I wrote them down and actually, so. um, But I, I, I love that your, your first, your first experience of your original rap was through a, a, Straight traditional rap battle. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's like right there in the apartment. Yeah, like a, you know, a, a real slam battle where you're just no, it was real planning on each other and like it was real. Like it got serious. Like we, I would. There was. It got to a point to where, I mean, every weekend this would happen. You know what I mean? And I, and I would look forward to it. Never wrote anything. We would just kind of you know party, and this is what I look forward to was going and just battling this guy and just cracking up laughing and having a good time. Like it was nothing, no malice with it or anything. Yeah, It was totally just, just off the top, like unscripted, just talking about each other, just battle rap. Like not, you know, like where we're betting money on it. Like we weren't Eminem, you know what I mean? Like how he started, but it was just, that's how I started rapping was freestyling and just talking about this guy. So it, it was, it was, probably the funny the funnest and funniest experience that I had in college and so um basically I went from that to like that just taking over my mind like 
like that feeling you got from like battling and just coming to like the adrenaline of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like it just it's just coming straight from your brain and it's just a feeling like dun. And at the same time it's your first real venture into performing in front of people, even yeah. though it's just a few people in an apartment or at a party. Yeah. That's like, your first like public performance. I mean, yes. Very first one. And just the adrenaline from that and the high from that is like I've never gotten that from anywhere up from playing basketball, like from nothing. You know what I mean? Like that was something totally different. And that that's whenever I knew like basketball, because I mean, you obviously, you know, you went to high school, like I went to Edwardsville to play basketball. Um, bas- that's whenever I noticed the difference between being good at something and being passionate about something. And I was passionate about music, about battle rapping at this point i i was good at basketball i didn't like it like my high school experience made me not like basketball um there's a lot of reasons for that uh but i was good at it so it's something that you know i might as well capitalize off of or whatever but that was the first time i've actually experienced passion like what is this? Like, this is new to me. Something that really just lit you on fire yeah, from the inside. Yeah, something that was new to me. So that was my first experience. And then I thought, what if I started writing? You know what I mean? Like, and this is like, no lie. Like, whenever I learned that, whenever I learned this whole new way of thinking and passion and like knowing that I could do this, it took me to a level of doing schoolwork that I didn't even know that I could do. Like whenever I started writing, like and the stuff started pouring out of me, like writing English papers became 10 times easier because it's just like, I can write a whole page of lyrics in like 30 minutes. Like why can't I write an English paper? You know what I mean? Like, so. And whenever you change it from that analytical process to a process of passion, which writing can be in any. In any form. In any form everything becomes easier everything everything and it's so crazy because like that like at the time like i didn't realize like i was an artist or a poet or it was just something that was just coming out of me and i was like this is making school easier like this is making like what like what's going on i don't i don't that's another thing i didn't expect in this conversation is rap and hip-hop and my discovery of my passion for that made school easier i'm telling you it's crazy like like that's the first thing that I noticed and it was like wow like I can do anything with this like it just gave me this superpower it felt like you know what I mean to where it was just like okay like I can write school papers like I was like calculating math equations in my head like (laughs) it's real though it's so serious but um so yeah so then that happened Edwardsville happened and then I came back home and Chris Harris uh, the guy who I first started doing music originally with, he owns Route 51 Brewery. Shout out to Chris. Uh, he actually got a, an eight-track recorder because him and Anthony Franks were working on music. I had no idea, you know, this is going on. And I come back uh, on, I think it was Thanksgiving break from Edwardsville, and I'm like, hey, man, like, I just like started rapping like you know anybody that's doing music around here like I want to like try to do this and he was like you know what me and Anthony are you know what I mean yeah. like and that's and, just and that's kind of how it happened like 
they were recording. And they had just come back from Florida at that point, right? No, this was before, before Florida. Because I went with okay. them to Florida. Okay. Yeah, I went with them to Florida. So um, this was before that. And so us three basically kind of started doing this music thing together. And literally, since you brought that up, like, I think it was that summer after the year of Edwardsville, um, me, Chris, and Anthony were working on uh, rebuilding houses for Chris's parents to, to sell or whatever. And we were just sitting there just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do this this manual labor. We want to be in the studio. Like, we want to do music. And Chris is like, you know what? I'm thinking about going to full sale down in Florida. You guys should come with me. And then literally on a two-week swim, we were just like, F it. Let's just, let's just go to Florida. And we moved when we were like, I think I was 20. And I quit going to school like some you know happened with yeah there's a lot of uh, you need a documentary something happened yeah, but something happened and so we ended up me chris and anthony ended up moving to florida and meeting a lot of people down there and that's kind of how i started into music like basically so yeah so that's where you started actually recording and putting stuff down the first yeah, time. Yeah, well, th the first time I actually ever recorded anything was in Chris's basement. Uh, I want to say it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas break because we had Thanksgiving break. We had to go had to go back. Then I came back again. And then I think I had set up or wrote enough to where um, – I did my first recording, and I wanna, I'm trying to think of what what beat it was. <laughs> I want to say it was Tupac's uh, um, either pour out a little liquor or I don't know. It, it was a Tupac beat, though, because, I, you know, obviously everything I love was Tupac. So at that specific point. So, yeah, I, I think I made my first recording, which would have been probably in 2000 and going into 2001 so it has still been 2000 right the yeah. the year after we, the semester after we graduated so uh yeah like i was i 19 yet i might have been 19 i don't know because i know i said that the first time i wrote a rap and one of my songs was 19 or recorded i don't know but that's basically i came home from school and recorded at chris's and then that's when we started like our bro ship with um music so that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because Anthony's always been singing. Like, I mean, Chris used to bring him. <laughs> like, literally, whenever we were fourteen, like Chris would go be like, "Hey, my friend from Mary can sing," and he would bring him to the fair and like sing for girls so we could get on. <laughs> <laughs> like, ask Anthony. You can ask him this story next time you talk to him. Like, Chris uh. would bring him every summer, like at the fair, until from like the time we were thirteen to like sixteen. And he would be like, hey, man, I got this friend just talking to girls. And Anthony, I'm was, sure I was around Anthony back then. Yeah. I mean, we were all at the fair. Yeah. So like, and I, I just remember Anthony just singing for girls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing to me now because like I lived with this guy. Like, I know him now. You know what I mean? And it's just funny, like thinking like, dude, like Chris used to just use you to get girls. You uh -huh. know? <laughs> he can sing and the girls will come around and then we'll all reap the benefits. But Anthony was always that kind of guy, though. Like he was, he was so nice. You know what I mean? Like the one of the first girls I dated in Florida, like Anthony, like went up and got this girl a rose for me to give to her, and it's like, hey, my friend wants to talk to you. Like, 
he was just that type he's that type of guy man like he's a good dude so um but yeah that's how we got on the music and then from there like that's how we created all these albums we work with chris here all of our craft brew um at the marion cultural and civic center served at our our bar here during shows is all from rap 51 yeah like i mean chris like people don't know this and i don't know if, if i can even say it but like Chris is like the MacGyver of making beer. Like literally, He's, some of the stuff that he that he makes is amazing. Is, is we he, we carried um, we started out carrying f- three beers. Mm. Um, we carried the Manganero, right? That's my the, favorite. The um, Fuzzkill mm-hmm. and the Strawberry Dream Saver. Yeah, and um, we stopped carrying the Manganero because the pepper in the beer makes it foam just a little bit much mm. to fit in our cups the right way. Really. And so, oh, yeah. so we shifted, and we've got the blueberry pancake brown ale now, uh-huh. um, and we've got those three. and And Chris and I are are working on some stuff for the future that's going to be really? really cool. Yeah, like Chris, like whenever we had the studio, like this is what I said. I don't know if we could like say it, but like he literally had a kegerator like in our studio, and it was just like, dude, how did you like? Where did this with come his from? own brews? Yeah, well, not with his own brews okay. yet. Like, but he would like literally get a keg have it like MacGyvered into a refrigerator and we would just have free beer just flowing like in the studio sessions. Like it was the dopest thing to me like at that time because people would come by and they would just be like, what's this? And we'd be like, oh, just, hey, you, know, you want a beer? Yeah, like just just go pull the handle. Like, <laughs> But yeah, like he's the MacGyver of beer. Like he he's always been good at it. You know what I mean? And that's all he said. Like if I ever get a chance to like just make my own beer, like, I would be great, you know. So obviously he's doing that now. Yeah. Um, but he and Anthony together brought you into recording for your first time, and then you all went to Florida. When did your first? When did when did you start working on your first actual full album? Uh, it was down in Florida. Um, it was called the self titled LP. Uh, that was probably 2002, I think, when we moved out. Because I moved, actually moved back on my 21st birthday, which is a whole other story in itself. But, um, yeah, I actually did two albums down there. One was called Catch a Contact, and the other one was called the self-titled LP, like Dub Zero, self-titled LP. And those are they're not anywhere. Like, I, if I could find those, like, I would be surprised. <laughs> I'm sure Chris still has copies of them. Probably. Chris has copies of everything. Like he has copies of un, like so many unreleased songs. Like on the brewery stage. Like if you ever see his mixture up there, like that's where all my music is at. And well, not all of it, but what we recorded together. And we sat there one night, like after hours after it closed, and he was just like, "Dude, there's like hundreds of songs that we never even released on here." And I was just like, "What?" So yeah, basically. Chris, me, Chris, and Anthony were like a team. Um, we moved to Florida. First album I started working on was a self-titled LP. And then, no, it might have been Catch a Contact first. And then self-titled LP. And then self-titled LP is the one that we more kind of like brought back to do coin. It was like we made our own like CDs and started pressing them up and giving them out to people. But that was kind of like a preview because we still lived in Florida. The first actual CD that we actually recorded together um, 
and put out was straight from the sticks and that was in 2004 and that was um that was whenever chris moved back from florida because i moved back i think like a few months like six to nine months before chris moved back after he got done with school um so when he moved back from florida our first official recording was straight from the sticks and that was in 2004 so yeah and I was 22 then. Like we did the whole liner notes and everything, and thank yous and producers mm-hmm. and all. That. <laughs> the thing that barely exists these days. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't. Ha- we were just talking about that. The, me and TikTok, my friend and my group member with Prelude to a Million, and he was just like, "I'm one of those liner notes guys," and he's like, "You know, we don't have that anymore." But yeah, we were literally just talking about that. But that was straight from the sticks. Was our first album in 2004. Yeah. Okay. And so, how many albums have you put out since then? Uh, I think it's twelve or thirteen. Uh, that's just my solo stuff. Prelude to a Million has put out three albums and four mixtapes. Uh, So Ill E N T, which is another group that I used to work with. I think we put out two mixtapes. Um, me myself personally, I think it's twelve or thirteen. I would have to look. I don't even keep count. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah. Like I, I stopped counting after let go because and we talked a little bit about your progression as an artist. Yeah. Um, and how your rapping and your writing has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've thought about it more just while we've been sitting here, and I think it's so interesting that that your first influence and possibly one of your strongest influences being Tupac mm-hmm. didn't come through in your music as strongly until yeah. your later stuff. And, yeah. and my my initial read on that is that until you, you know, as you grow older, you you understand who you are better and, right. and, and kind of discover yourself. Right. And that your roots and what you were originally inspired by, mm. by rap as a whole, didn't show up in your music until you started to discover yourself. Right. What well, I think what a lot of people don't realize, like when you record, like like you said, discovering yourself, like the first thing you have to do is like your own voice when you hear it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're rapping and you, everybody hates their voice when they hear it back. So it's like... Because it doesn't sound like what's in your head. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and that's the key. Like like I said, one of the first raps that I recorded was over a Tupac beat. So it was like, I wanted to sound exactly like Tupac. But nobody's ever heard that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like there somewhere. Like I said, Chris probably has all this stuff. But that's the first thing. You have to to discover your own sound. So when you're when you're rapping and you're doing music, like... Basically, for the first three or four albums, I'm just adjusting to hearing my own voice and liking it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Once you get that in your head, like how you like it, and I can only speak for me. It might be different for other people, but this is my experience on it. Like, I didn't get comfortable hearing my voice recorded until Let Go, which would have been my fourth studio album. So that's the album that I say that I actually like everything kind of came together for me of having confidence in what I was writing, what I was 
rapping and and how I sounded. But another thing is like breath control too. Like you have to to know all the technicalities of how to like like you were saying before, like whenever I was learning this subconsciously, like learning rapping other people's songs. You can rap other people's songs, but but actually writing your songs and getting the breath control down and and getting into a cadence and doing that is harder than rapping other people's songs. You know what I mean? Because they're already doing it. Mm-hmm. You're not seasoned to do it on your own. So it's like you have to find your niche or whatever. You know what I mean? And once you find that, like once you found, like once I found how like comfortable or whenever I was comfortable with hearing my voice, then it was like I was confident enough to be like, okay, now I can talk about the things that I want to talk about. Like, because when you're experimenting, it's in every form. Like, you, you're you trying to sound like other people. You're trying to um, be the sound of the, the times. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it takes you a while to find what you actually, where you are and who you are. And once I found that, I was probably like 27, 26 or 27. And so by that time, like my, what my, my, my subject matter had changed drastically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like from the time I'm 22 to the time I'm 26, 27, like it had changed and it was all because of confidence. And like, like you said, like when we were talking earlier, like every all younger kids, they want to sound like what they hear. They mm-hmm. want to sound like what's popular, what's cool. And I was doing the same thing. You know, it just wasn't what music is today. Like it was, you know, back then it was, I don't even, Eminem was a big guy, but Tupac, you know, like you, you go off of what you hear. And so like... Yeah, I didn't. I mean, back then, DMX and Busta, yeah, they like, were all really hot. Yeah. And that's a completely different style. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, like, I didn't really didn't really know where I fit in until I found I was confident enough to find my, until I was confident to hear my voice on. And find your own voice within yeah, what you were saying. Exactly. You know, because it all comes together. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it doesn't, like, you're not just. Like I said, I can't speak for everybody else, but me personally, I wasn't just good at one thing. Like, I had to work on everything. Like, I had to work on the lyrics. Like, I've always thought that my writing was good, but my delivery wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So once that all came together, you get the confidence to be like, okay, now I can talk about, I don't have to sound like somebody else. I I don't have to be another person. You know what I mean? I can be me. Mm -hmm. And that's like, the most empowering thing like because you're already an artist but once you find like your groove and you're confident in yourself like that's whenever you can actually start talking about like what really matters and like I said I was older whenever I found that out so it was like you know and I had been through a lot of stuff like a lot of trouble like not a lot of trouble like I was never in prison or anything but just like dumb little you know stupid stuff it went from that to like realizing like, you know, what's important. Like I had kids through these times, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so like. And in, in like in your early music, there was a lot of bravado to it. There was a lot yeah. of, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm going to do this stuff because, yeah. and that's what you were mirroring 
yeah the the hip hop world of the time and what right. they were saying and there's a lot more vulnerability within your more recent stuff yeah uh like like the song feels like big fish mm-hmm. like there's some real vulnerable stuff in there yeah. um despite the fact Definitely. that there some of the stuff in the chorus you know really hits on you know big fish in a small pond or uh but in talking about getting to that point within that song right. there's some real vulnerability within the lyrics yeah and that there's a sample in that is that nelson mandela that's uh, a sample or is that you know i i never knew what that sample was because those beats are from a guy called john beats and they're strictly from youtube and I reached out to him and told him, like, I sent him songs or whatever, but I don't, I don't think he ever got back to me about, like, anything. But I don't know what that exact sample is, but I just loved it because it was kind of like, again, that was, it was, Drake was doing that at the time. And so it was kind of like that, but we used it to where it was like, we can make it our way. But, like, yeah, that song, like, that album particularly, Drunk Mind, Sober Thoughts, was probably probably the darkest time I was I've been through in my life. And I was thirty-three. Um my dad had just passed randomly, and then my uncle passed three months later, like in the same summer. My dad passed like a week before my thirty-third birthday. And my uncle passed later that summer, who was one of my best friends. So like that album means a lot to me because it was just like that was when I was just like yeah like I don't care what anybody thinks about this music like this is going to be strictly me you know what I mean like like, there's one thing that you say in there where you're you're like I I wasn't raised by the streets I was raised by my mama yeah you know what I'm saying and that is so counterculture to you know the the mainstream hip-hop idea right and culture it's so kind of counterculture to that to say you know these people really yeah yeah. well the thing (laughs) leading up to that we had signed a um uh uh independent i wouldn't even call it an independent record deal like i don't even know what it was it was just like some kind of like janky promoters in the independent record deal and so like that was i think 2013 so after all that fell through that's whenever i got to the point of like i will never try to conform to this industry ever again and i'm just going to spit what is real to me like that was my whole goal like after that because i was mad like the group so ill ent had just broken up like i was mad about that like I moved to Chicago like to get away from Southern Illinois for like a year and I came back and was just like, you know what? I'm just going to say whatever's on my mind. And then the Summer's Minds came out and then FTI came out, which is F the Industry. And um I think after that like I basically was just like I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what's out there. Like and it wasn't like I made it a point to be like, I'm going to do exactly what's out, do, do the exact opposite of what out there, what's out there. It was the point of like, somebody needs 
to be themselves is what I thought. Like, yeah. like I never thought that I was the best rapper. Like I've never thought that I've always said this. I never thought that I was the best rapper. I never thought that I was the best with wordplay, like, or with, you know, but I'm the best at being who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like all these other rappers in Southern Illinois, like we can get to this later. I don't know how much time we got, but like, if we're talking about Southern Illinois rap, like, nobody is nobody is as real with themselves as I have been. And I've heard everybody's music. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, and I don't know everybody personally, you know what I mean? Like, there, I mean, there is people that go through trauma, like, in prison and, you know, are in gangs and go through this life. I get it, but there's only so much that you can talk about that stuff without, you know, it being repetitive. You know what I'm saying? And, but I didn't go through that stuff for the most part. You know, like, yeah, my dad was in prison the first 15 years of my life, but, you know, that's something that I haven't even opened up yet in my music at all. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just something that I'm waiting to crack open. But, like, yeah, I went through the same struggles that you did. Like, I'm a one parent kid who grew up on the black side of town you know what I mean like so it's like you know I get it but at the same time like that's not 90% of our reality in Southern Illinois like it's not it just isn't you know what I mean like there's not especially whenever we were coming up there wasn't shootings in Carbondale every weekend there wasn't you know stuff going on in Marion like there it just wasn't like that but me personally my life wasn't like that. So I wasn't going to portray it that way. Yeah. So like that, that's as simple as it was for me. Like it was never about anything else. Yes. Whenever F- FTI came out, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of, I was mad at the way the industry was, but it, it was never about like sticking it to anybody. It was just about being yourself because I seen so many people who weren't being themselves. Yeah. And it was like, you know, like in the popular people like around Southern Illinois, it's just like, dude, like. Well, it's, and it's hard to it's hard to really connect to someone's music when they aren't being genuine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people can be good at it. And, and I don't want to name names. You know what I mean? Because I don't I don't want to put anybody on the spot or think that I have any ill will because I literally have collaborated with almost everybody around here. But um, there's just people that that li- that glamorize a lifestyle, and and it's not real. It's not real, and yeah. you have to understand. Like, I mean, we all have kids now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that those people at at the time like had kids. You know what I'm saying? Like the people, most of you have kids. Like. Your kids are going to see this. Like yeah. I've, I have a whole story about my kid, about Channing going to kindergarten, flipping the teacher off, and said he's seen it from my videos. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, and like his. And that's mom, a learning point right there. Not for him, bingo. but for you. For me, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like the kids are watching. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> seriously, like that's a real story. His mom was so mad at me, and like, and the teachers which who all know me, you know, my mom, they're just like, huh? Like your dad raps. Like what is yeah. it? And I'm just like, uh, yeah, well, Miss Purcell, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the craziest thing. So 
that like that's a real thing like your kids are watching this stuff like what do you want them to to learn from you you know they're going to get this from everybody else but from you you know what well, I'm let's, saying let's bring that to uh, you've released like three singles in the past couple of years mm-hmm. uh, and those aren't on, on an album yet right are, no. you, are those going to land on an album or are those going to stay singles to themselves yeah they're all going to be on an album um dub z is b spill and that basically the title is basically me changing from this rapper guy who wants to be this party animal and this alter ego to b spill the person the human you know i've yeah. been i've been slowly making that transition like you've been saying the growth in my music and now it's just finally time for me to be like hey and so the growth in the music mirrors the growth within yourself yes you know what i mean so um, and so the most recent release of that is 831. Yeah. Um, and I told you this earlier, but I immediately, I associated so strongly with that because I had, uh, 831 is, it's, from my perspective, is all about loving the people around you. Right. And letting them know that they love, that you love them. Right. And actually communicating that and putting that out there and putting that love out into the world. Right. Um, and, and you did it in front of the backdrop of all of these murals within Marion. Right. There's a set of wings that that um, your children are in front of in that right. video. That and that set of wings is in Ducoin. Right. Um, but all these murals that are in Marion, and I'm, I had a similar experience while painting the murals of mm-hmm. a mental shift of positivity right. and love and putting things positive into the world right. through that process. And so hearing those lyrics, while I'm seeing my artwork that inspired right. me to change it behind you, right. made this incredibly deep impact right. with that music video. And and that music video will play at the end of this episode. Right, okay. Um, and uh, for those listening, the right. song will play. But for those watching on YouTube or Facebook, the full music video will play. Right. And, um, and so... That that struck me so deeply, yeah. because you and I we graduated high school together. Right, um, we're the same age, and you and I are going through this transition point, kind yeah. of at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and the imagery that is my transition point, and the lyrics that are your transition point are all coming together in this one video, and it felt like this unintentional artistic collaboration yeah. between the two of us, which is so cool. It's man. giving me goosebumps. Like, yeah. literally, I mean, is it? That's how art works, though. It is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's exactly how art works because whenever I seen it, I this song was not in my head. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't anything that I had even thought of, like the song. But whenever I seen it, I was like, I am going to use this in a video. I just don't know what it is yet. And so whenever I wrote this song, like, me and Sam were talking about it, my videographer, and I was just like, oh this is where we're going to shoot it at. Like, yeah. this is, I already know. We don't have to go anywhere else, Sam, because Sam's all about location and doing, going to eight scenes and doing, you know, yeah. eight days of shooting. And I'm like, no, like, it'll literally take us like one day, which actually it did end up taking us like a year to make this whole video. <laughs> <laughs> well, that gave, that gave us time to put more murals up downtown. Right, exactly. But no, like, that's exactly how art works, man. And like, I can't even like say, like, how much it inspired me. But what inspired me the most about it is is what you said. Like, you know what I mean? And I didn't know at the time that you were going through this transition 
of like, you know, why wouldn't I put anything but positivity out there? Yeah. Didn't even know that. But it's like I looked at these murals and it's just like this is so dope. Like, where did he even get this idea to do this? You know what I mean? And that's what sparked me to be like, I'm going to use it because this has to be put out somewhere where people can see it. Like, not just driving through Mary and like this has to be put out in the world. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and art- artistically from my end that, that you, there are certain murals that really, that blatantly say. Right. That blatantly talk about the love and, right. and, and, but the murals as a whole are the entire project was about positivity. Exactly. Uh, from the city of Marion and for myself, uh, it's all about putting positive things and, and positive life and energy into the community. Right. And and, and that, that you felt that and, and felt this song with that talks to the, the communication through the artwork landing there. Exactly. Like, it's it's undescribable to me. Like, seriously, because, like you said, like, I didn't even see most of it. You know, whenever I said, whenever I messaged you, and was like, I'm going to use this for a video. And then I seen the rest of it. And I'm just like, man, like, this is perfect for this song. Like, yeah. I mean, how could this not go any better with it? You know what I mean? Like, and even like whenever you sent me that message, we hadn't painted the water is life mural, mm-hmm. um, which is on the side of Doug's Lock and Key here in Marion that has the black and white handshake there. Right. And, um, the message about loving your neighbor. Right. And, and whenever I saw that in the background yeah. of your video, I was like, that's so perfect. And that, that one was my friend Sean Vincelet's design, mm-hmm. and then he and I painted it together there on that right. wall. But yeah, that it, it, like I'll just never forget like telling Sam like we're going to get everyone and we're going to walk around these blocks until I see the one that I seen first mm-hmm. and get that. And I think it, I don't know I forgot which one you said it was, but like we literally walked like all around this area, and I was just like, get that, get that. Get that, mm-hmm. get that. And we basically got everything in it. But like literally, like that's how that's how art works. Like the way you broke it down, like was perfect. And and the message is exactly, exactly like what I am trying to do with my music. Mm-hmm. Like your message, nothing but positivity. My message on this album. And you'll see, like, like 831 is just a beginning. Like the whole album is just talking about like it makes me excited because I know people aren't going to like take it receptively you know what I mean like you might be surprised but you know what I mean you never know like I just hope people like get the message that's in it because there's just so much stuff like Pharrell is incredibly famous for a reason yeah he's all about the positivity exactly and so you know what I mean? I, th- I think there's I think there's room for it in the industry. There is, and 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 like that's all I want. Like I don't even care about, like I said, about the music industry. Like I just want the people. Like my whole thing is like, and this has taken me a long time to figure out too. Like if you can, if you can't take over your community, you can't take over your world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, it starts with your community. So it's just like I just want people in Ducoin in Southern Illinois in Marion to just hear this, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's nothing like you're going to hear on radio nowadays. It's nothing that you're going to hear on uh, BT or I don't even know if they, whatever you, wherever you listen to music at nowadays, like uh, that's made me sound old, but. (laughs) Music isn't on TV anymore. Right, yeah, exactly. So 
whatever you listen to, you're not going to hear nothing like it. And, and I pride myself on that. Like with the new album that Prelude just dropped, you know, the book of Prelude, like we literally worked on this album for four years since 2018. And the bulk of it, there's 11 songs. Seven of those songs got done in five days when we were out in LA, just off, just purely off the vibe of where we were at. You know what I mean? And if you listen to it, like, it's just so powerful to me. And anybody that knows me knows that I don't listen to my own music once I put it out. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. at all. Like, I don't like it because I think of everything that's wrong with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with this Prelude album, it's all that I've been listening to. And only strictly because it's just about positivity. Like, there's no negativity in it, like, at all. And, like... We, we get to this this age to where it's just like, man, like like I said, we're older now. So it's easy for us to be like, we don't want that stress or drama in our life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But kids, they want chaos. They want, you know, all the whatever, you know what I mean? Which is cool. I wanted that at one time too. But I really want people to just understand like the world, there is positive stuff in the world. You know what I mean? Like there, I was so mad whenever Trump got elected. You know what I mean? Like, and I would argue with everybody on Facebook and it was just like, you know, it got to a point to where it was just like, really what am I arguing about? Because yeah. most, I mean, 99% of the time you're not going to change a person's mind. Like not anybody that supports Trump, like, which I don't care if you do or not. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that people should get along, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And and it took me a minute to realize, like, I was attributing to the problem, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was arguing with people, but in my mind, I just wanted people to get along, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't even get it. But you're, you're doing the opposite. You're, 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 yeah. you're part of the problem, like, and, and that took me a lot to realize, and that's a, a lot why my message changed, because, like, like I said, like, in 2016, like, I don't even think I said anything about politics in in that, in Drunk Mind Sober Thoughts. But, like, now it's, like, like, you, you would just have to hear, like, the songs, you know what I mean, once the album is out. But, like, I talk about having white friends that are, you know, that you see, that are, you see the subtle racism, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know, it, it and they, doesn't. And they don't. And they don't, you know what I mean? Like, and they're still my friends, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, I want like black people to know, like, you know, like it doesn't have to be black versus white, you know what I mean? Like, I understand that there's, there is a major shift going on in this country to where, you know, um, white people are figuring out that in a hundred years they're going to be the minority you know what yeah. i mean like they're they're just like oh like this isn't good like you know and and they're and fear is coming from that and and i just want people to realize that it doesn't have to be like that yeah like you know what i mean like we're in in the end we're all one people we're all people yeah like there there isn't a such thing as black and white you know what i mean like that's a social construct you know what i'm saying so yeah. like we're all people and if if people could just realize that like that's that's the message that we're trying to put out in mm-hmm. in in our music like specifically and so like back to you know 
people doing the opposite. Like, I just want that message to get across because, and I want more people to understand that and realize what you're putting out there is literally like killing people. Yeah. Literally killing people. So that's my whole idea of, you know, the vulnerability, vulnerable, vulnerability, I won't be able to pronounce that word. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, just the 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 looking deep inside of yourself and like realizing like, you know, you can make a difference. Like saying positive, like your words have power. You know what I'm they saying? They do. Even like, if it just affects one person. Yeah. But, but the opportunity to put music out there with that message that people can connect to and and connect to more than one person. Yeah. That's a golden opportunity. Yeah. Like that's that's what I want. Like Jay-Z, I have, which he's my now is my favorite rapper or favorite artist, favorite. That's if I if, if anybody if I want to be like anybody, it's him. He I'll never forget in an interview he said like somebody asked him like what do you think will make hip-hop change like what do you think because hip-hop is the biggest um uh seller of music in any industry like by far like it's a billion dollar business like by far is you know the most bought or consumed music and you know the hip-hop that's getting made is basically killing our community you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and he was and he got asked like what do you think will make that change like you know what will make the curse from being from the hood you know like and people talking about their experiences and going to prison and you know being in shootouts and all that stuff what do you think will make it change and i'll never forget this he said somebody that didn't come from the hood has to talk about love. And I was just like, oh, like, and that always stuck with me. And that's like one of the most reasons. So it's time to do that, right? Yeah. It's that's like, that's always stuck with me when he said that, like talking about all this negative stuff is not going to get us anywhere. Like, yeah. Like it's perpetuating the problem. It's perpetuating a lifestyle. It's perpetuating. uh, It's, it's celebrating that cycle of poverty yeah within the hood you know what i mean and and as opposed to moving towards prosperity and moving towards positivity right that can bring the community out of it exactly and and like jay-z said this like 10 years ago you know what i mean like and it's still just like and you know southern illinois is five years behind everything yeah. like behind new york and cal la and you know so it's like we're still focused on trying to be cool and drill music and all that stuff. And it's just like, dude, like it's not like that. Like, and there's so much more that can be in the message. Yeah. Like, yeah. and like Jay's like, he's, I mean, obviously he's a brilliant guy, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, if you listen to his music, like he's told you, like, it's, I'm not glorifying this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This is what I went through. This is what I don't want you to go through. Like, and this is how to navigate through it. You know what I mean? Like, so. Well, and and something as simple as him, like going back to his song that was immensely popular, um, that, you know, with this podcast, it's important because it, it came off of a song from Annie the Musical mm-hmm. 
um, and Hard Knock Life and right. the, the spin that he put onto Hard Knock Life and bringing it out of that Hard Knock Life into a positive thing. Right. Back then, I mean, that was that was 12, 15 years ago? That was in 98. So oh, my that goodness. Was, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's 24 years ago. Yeah. And, and he was already doing it then. Yeah. You know before, I mean? before we heard him publicly speaking about it. Yeah. He was doing it then. Because that, that song perpetuates in my mind of that positivity. The, the genius of that. like, And people don't even realize, like, because he, he, so, he was just like, it was so simple. He's like, as soon as I heard it, like, he's like, everybody's going to relate to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I spit the right message, like, and he did, and he knocked it out the park. And it's just like, you know, from, from standing on the corners, you know, to driving some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he's telling you from standing on the corners, hustling, to drive in some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen. Like, that is He's talking about coming up out of it right yeah, there. You yeah. know what I mean? Just in that one bar. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, and I mean, that is my that is my favorite hip-hop song of all yeah. time. Like, 100% easily. But like, you know, he can't, and the message that he was saying, like, you know, for the way, the way for it to change, not necessarily cross over, is you know, somebody f- not from the hood speaking on love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like, I can't do it. That wasn't my experience. You yeah. know what I mean? But somebody like me can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you were raised in that love. You were raised with the love of your mother and yeah. that household and with the family, your uncle. And that's what, and that goes back to that lyric of you saying, like, you know, I wasn't raised by, you know, I was raised for my mom and, for you know, that's why the I can't think of it because I can never think of songs whenever yeah I'm, they're not playing. But like, um, streets ain't made me. That's thank God my mama did. Now you know why I got love in my heart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always. That's literally his quote on that has made me think about making that type of music, and that's why I make that type of music because and that that speaks exactly to what you're saying as well, because we're talking about how you can put out positivity and how it can affect people. Right. That one little phrase from him in an interview eventually changed your entire outlook and approach to music. Exactly. And Tupac's, and again, Tupac, one of my favorite quotes, he's like, I might not change the world, but I will spark the mind. I guarantee I'll spark the mind that does. Yeah. And that's like, you know, they're dropping jewels down to us. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it's whether you take that and run with it or not. Exactly. And it's, it just kills me that people, that hip-hop artists nowadays, don't understand that. Like, yeah. they're these these genius of guys are literally telling us, like, you know, and Changes is one of the best hip-hop songs ever by Tupac. You know what I mean? Like, And that goes back to early 90s. Yeah, 96. You know what I mean? Like, how do you not, why do you not want to progress from that why mm-hmm. do you want to regress mm-hmm. like that's that's all i ask the community of 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 all of hip-hop community all of southern illinois all of the world like and not just the hip-hop community but the community as a whole southern illinois as a whole yeah to move forward yeah move in positivity f- in love that's in progression. it like that's it like it's really simple there's space for all of us here together yeah, yeah there's a lot of space in southern illinois i mean there's cornfields everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so i mean why can't we 
get along like it's, yeah. it's so annoying to me like i don't know but that's what i try to put across in my music so like if anybody hears it or sees it and i mean there's don't get me wrong like i'm still gonna have my braggadocious songs like yeah. i'm still there's still a part of me that you know you 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 want that rush you know what i mean you want that like you there's know, a history to the rap battle that yeah that you, calls for that too. you have to yeah. be you have to your your competitors have to be like okay like he's serious you know yeah. what i mean like but you can be serious without yeah without perpetuating the horrendous violence. things about the music yeah, yeah exactly like i can talk the biggest crap to anybody without saying a cuss word you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> like i could literally destroy you with with words without even cussing at you yeah you know what i'm saying and that's when i'm i've worked on that a lot too but like and and this new album i'm trying to get the parental advisory off of it it's sometimes it is almost nearly impossible to make a song without a cuss word in it yeah. but you know like that's something that i've been working on too but like if i can make a song without ha having cuss words in it you can make a song about not shooting somebody yeah like i mean i'm i'm <laughs> sure of it <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it that they they can it's just either they don't understand it or they're just doing what they think is cool. Yeah. And that's the whole thing that, that bothers me with, with music. With well, and, and, uh, you know, when you're wrong, younger, your concept of what is cool versus yeah. what the real world is, is totally worlds different. apart. Yeah. Worlds apart. But thank you for being here today, man. Oh, no Thanks problem, for hanging man. out and catching up. Uh, yeah. And, and it's great to, to hang out and talk as adults now right um, and and i love i love going out with your message of of love and spreading love within the hip-hop community and with your music right and, and and that's all it's about to me man like if anything if, if you don't get anything else from this podcast whoever's listening just know that positivity is out there and that i'm trying to spread it yeah Josh is also, and I think that you should try to spread it too. So, yeah, that's what I get. That's a great message life. to go out. Thank you, Bilal. I appreciate yeah. your time today, brother. No problem, Josh. Thanks, it's sir. A real thing. It's always well. I mean, this is the first time we've ever done this. But yeah. Every time seeing you has been a good time. I've seen yeah, you at the pavilion every, you know, everything. So, yeah, man. Nice setup. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. If I ever said it to you, trust me that I mean it. It's evident that in today's world, we all need it. Sing it with Thank me. you for joining us for State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center, featuring local artists, artisans, musicians, arts organizations, and arts events in Southern Illinois, as well as touring artists coming to Marion. Special thanks to Bilal for his time speaking with us today. Thanks to AJ Rice, our associate producer. And special thanks to Bilal, or Dub Z, for providing this episode's soundtrack. Join us every Thursday morning for a new episode on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever podcast service you prefer. And now for 831 by Dub Z in its entirety. It's not a love thing, it's a real thing. Dub Z's B spill. Eight letters, three words, one meaning. It's universal whether or not you want it or believe it. If I ever said it to you, trust me that I mean it. It's evident that in today's world we all need it. Sing it with me, I love you, yeah, I love you. 
Say I love you, yeah I love you Dub Z from a small town known as a dude Screaming to the whole world, yeah I love you Say I love you, yeah I love you Say I love you, yeah I love you Dub Z from a small town known as a dude Screaming to the whole world, yeah I love you I hope you hear me Cause God's a God, I'm thinking they should fear me But in my heart's of hearts, my love's abundant, that's the real me Love's a process, it's much more than a feeling You can hurt me, I forgive you, I'm not petty, that's the real me I let it go, cause that sets you free I won't fuck with you the same, but I'll just let it be That's less on me, I could break it down in separate degrees But in the end, it's all love, love, it's all the same thing Unconditional, I love everybody, don't hate anybody We all a little different, that's what makes us somebody We'd rather choose the harder way and hate, hate the hearts away, start with smaller change, be smarter than you are today, tomorrow, isn't promised you will start a day, believe in yourself, don't make it harder, you can find a way, but either way, one day we'll all be gone, so either love me or leave me alone, now sing along, sing it, I love you, yeah, I love you, say, I love you, yeah, I love you, Dub C from a small town known as the Duke, screaming to the whole world, yeah, I love you, say, I love you, yeah, I love you, say, I love you, yeah, I love you, Dub Z from a small town known as the Duke, screaming to the whole world, yeah, I love you, don't got time for the bullshit. I'll be a fool with it, jealousy of me says more about you, nah, you cool with it, let's stop the pulpit, only God can judge me, you ain't make the rules, dude, there's no rules to live in, just make sure you live it, you dying or you live it, you live your life with set examples for the smaller children, the cycle stops with us, we gotta leave our kids to millions, money don't mean nothing, but we're more than just black civilians, king and queen teens, our predecessors fiends, if you were 80s baby, trust I know you see some things, no apology for my life, is mine to live it. When you talk to me, you're talking to a higher spirit. Hate no more to hear it. Play it, tell me something good. That negativity with your spirit. Let's clear the air. One day we'll all be gone. So either love me or leave me alone. Now sing the song. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you. Say, I love you. Yeah, I love you. Dub C from a small town known as the Duke. Screaming to the whole world. Yeah, I love you. Say, I love you. I love you, say I love you, yeah, I love you. Dub Z from a small town known as the Duke. Screaming to the whole world, yeah, I love you. Eight letters, three words, one meaning. It's universal whether or not you want it or believe it. If I ever said it to you, trust me that I mean it. It's evident that in today's world we all need it. Sing it with me, I love you, yeah, I love you. Deja, I love you, yeah, I love you. Kendall, I love you, yeah, I love you. Channing, I love you, yeah, I love you. Albi, I love you, yeah, I love you. Cash, I love you, yeah, I love you. Kaika, I love you, yeah, I love you. Don, I love you, yeah, I love you. King James, I love you, yeah, I love you. Mom, I love you, yeah, I love you. Leelers, I love you, yeah, I love you. Riri, I love you, yeah, I love you. My baby mama, I love you, yeah, I love you. All y'all love you, yeah, I love you. All my fans love you, yeah, I love you. Everybody love you, yeah, I love you. The whole world, yeah, I love you. Black and white love you, yeah, I love you. Asian and Mexican, yeah, I love you. For the people, I love you, yeah, I love you. 831.